Sales Paradise, Episode 5. You don't become successful when you set a goal and you achieve it. You become successful when you set a goal and you change your behavior at the beginning of the process to achieve it. If you want to learn how to love every day of your sales career, you're in the right place. This is Sales Paradise. Now here's your host, our dad, Chandler Barron. <laughs> On today's episode, we have Biagio Shaka. His friends call him Bill. Bill started out in sales early on in his career and then built some successful businesses um, from a chain of donut and ice cream franchises, then to multiple businesses in the auto care industry. But now he uses his knowledge to train others of how to be successful. Well, welcome to Sales Paradise, Bill. Hey, Chandler. How you doing? Pleasure to be here. I want to thank you for the opportunity. Before we start into anything else, Bill, I just have to, I guess, focus our attention on the ice cream and donut franchises. What type of discount do you think you'd be able to get? (laughs) (laughs) Well, first of all, I don't own them anymore. Well, we'll get into a little bit more of your background a little bit later, but but tell me this. How did you get into sales um, in the first place early on in your career? Well, you know, Chandler, I, I really didn't start out directly in sales. My undergraduate degree, believe it or not, is in it's in philosophy and sociology. See, we oh, were wow. all hippies back in the 70s. <laughs> yeah, it was okay to do that. You know, we used to go to class with our acoustic guitars, and it was all fun. Uh, I took a job as a juvenile probation officer, and within about three months, immediately saw the the error of my ways. I wasn't cut out for social services. I hightailed it back to school for a master's in business administration with a concentration in marketing, came out, and at that point, I was ready for my first sales job. And I took my first sales job. Now, keep in mind, this is the early 1980s. Uh, with a digital equipment corporation, original equipment manufacturer, to sell various types of software. And within about uh, five months, I was immediately fired. One month before I was planning on getting married, the uh, owner of the company uh, came up to me and said, "Uh, Bill, I I have to let you go. And I said, well, why? He said, well, you haven't sold anything. (laughs) Minor uh, minor detail there. I thought so, but apparently he didn't. The end result was I uh, I was actually looking for work for probably about uh, oh nine months or so after I got married. It was a very very difficult time, but um, I was able to make ends meet because uh, I was always an adjunct professor. So I was teaching economics and marketing at uh, one of the local uh, uh, colleges. And then another university called me up and said, Bill, would you be interested in teaching a course in principles of selling? And I thought, oh, man, what do, you, do you want me to be the before or the after? I guess I should be <laughs> the before. I said, sure, I'll be more than happy to. And that's when it clicked. That's when the light bulb went off. And that's when I understood what I needed to do to feed my mind and my soul to be a, a good salesperson. And I took a sales job, uh, oh, just shortly after I started that. And um, I was there for a year and a half before, unfortunately, before the company sold and uh, basically decimated the sales force. But I was always 150% of quota at that point. And I was basically one of the newer salespeople. And it's because of the certain behaviors that I put into place to become a better salesperson. And so how did the bill that, that went from being fired for not selling anything, 
have the the confidence to make some changes and then become the sales rep that's always hitting 150% of quota. What were you thinking and doing that the next person was not? Well, the first thing I thought of was that if that person could be a good salesperson, so could I. What's keeping me from it? And there's absolutely no reason in the world. What occurred to me was I was I had a lot of call reluctance. Well, let me translate call reluctance into one word, fear. And what I found out about fear is this. When you replace fear with activity, what is in place of fear is courage. So consequently, you build courage by slaying fear. Whatever you're afraid of, do it. I'm not suggesting you take up skydiving if you're afraid of heights. But what I am suggesting is is that if there is a door right there and you don't know what's behind it, knock on it. And if you're afraid, get over it. That's the best advice I could ever give to a new salesperson. Don't be afraid. Be fearless in your convictions. Is it more common to come across sales reps that are fearless and, and change their mindset? I have, I've seen a lot of them. And I've also seen a lot of them kind of go, to, go the way of the dodo bird. Take a job as uh, an assistant branch manager in a local bank, things like that. Uh, but I, I've also seen a lot of individuals just become fearless. One of the best quotes I ever heard about uh, successful sales was this. Chandler, how do you spell tenacious? S-U-C-C-E-S-S. And the more successful you become, the more it's because of your tenaciousness. Yeah, that seems to be the case for so many different things, whether it's uh, sales or athletics. Uh, sometimes it's not the most talented person. It's the person that has the strongest drive. That, that's the case. I, I really think that um, uh, the salespeople that work the hardest are the ones who become successful. So that's how I started in sales, and I never looked back. But I, I will tell you how I cut my teeth in sales is nothing like how I actually started to really understand the underpinnings and the psychological pillars of selling. Somewhere in the early 90s, I decided to uh, purchase a um, leadership franchise. I thought I was a pretty good professor of leadership and management, and I thought this would be a, a very good opportunity for me to impart knowledge. And I, so I bought the franchise. And then as I, I sat in my office, I realized, um, I, I don't think this phone's going to ring. I, I think I'm going to have to like actually start picking up the phone and dialing out. I'm going to have to start making calls. And I learned at that point that I needed to be the salesperson, even as the business owner. Consequently, it taught me that sales is a transferable skill up and down the organizational chart. Yeah, especially like at startups or young companies, the CEO typically is the salesperson as well, or at least the first salesperson. And then in larger organizations, it's getting more and more common for someone from a sales background to rise up to the C-suite. Absolutely. Absolutely. So sales is a, a tremendous feeding ground for executive uh, development and executive placement. And the nice thing about sales is I have met individuals that have basically carried a bag for the majority of their career, and they love it. They don't want to do anything else. They love what they do. That's just one of the things I love about sales. It's like one of the few careers you can have that you can keep progressing and, and rising in your career without rising up a management ladder. Uh, there's just so many options as far as getting into making more money and getting into a different niche. It's just an amazing career. 
Absolutely. And if it's if it's being belly to belly and eyeball to eyeball with prospects, then that's what I suggest you do. And don't look back. Don't let anybody tell you that. Well, you should have you should have migrated. You should have matriculated by now. If that's your love, keep doing this. I couldn't agree more. It's, It's just so important for people to basically set their own individual goals of what they want to do. Uh, whether it's a particular type of sales role, whether it's moving into management or leveraging their sales skills to start a business or to run a business. Uh, but that brings us to actually your book, um, The Goals Book. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, well, uh, I, uh, I I enjoy the writing process quite a bit. Uh, I, I was always intrigued with the goal setting process. And uh, I, I was exposed to goal setting very early on uh, in my career, actually, when I was still a probation officer. Uh, I was going for my master's in business, and the first class I was sitting in was called management, uh, management Science, where you had to take calculus and linear algebra and revolve them around uh, business issues. Well, Chandler, as I said That before, sounds extremely fun. <laughs> um, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it depends if if you consider jabbing knitting needles into your thighs fun. Then yes, you would uh, you would think this was fun. Also, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I my undergraduate degree was philosophy. I never had calculus. I never had linear algebra. I had courses called existentialism and phenomenology. I had courses, you know, in in um, uh, metaphysics. So I had to set a goal for myself to get a B in this class. And what I did is I set up the management uh, science textbook, a calculus textbook, a ninth grade algebra textbook, and believe it or not, a fifth grade arithmetic textbook because I didn't know how to do least common denominators. And every time I approached a management science problem, I would set the goal up to go backwards as far as necessary to learn the math and then to go forward. Well, that taught me the goal setting process, and I did in fact get a B in that class. So I, I was always – everything I teach, uh, in, especially in terms of sales processes, revolve around goal setting. Goal setting is probably the best behavior modifier that we have out there. If you're looking to modify your behavior, goal setting will do that because you may not realize this. You don't become successful when you set a goal and you achieve it. You become successful when you set a goal and you change your behavior at the beginning of the process to achieve it. Success in goal setting comes at the beginning of the process, not at the end of it. When you finally achieve your goal, it's almost like there's a deja vu kind of experience because you've been doing it for so long. You've been thinking it for so long. No, I like that. Yeah. That's what got me involved in goal setting. And everything I do is in the context of goal setting. And I wanted to write a book on it. And I wrote this book on goal setting. Now, over the last uh, 12 years or so, I was a a professor at uh, uh, Penn State University. So I I really started to become more academically inclined. And the first attempt I had at at, at my goals book, uh, it was somewhere in the neighborhood of about 330 pages. And it was uh, about as dry as uh, sawdust. I was falling asleep writing the darn thing. So I can imagine what somebody would be reading it. So I changed it. I just took it and and, and basically I turned it into a parable. I turned it into a story. And now Gold's book is actually about a 170-page story about a young man who's working for a corporation. And the CEO takes this young man under his wing and teaches him the steps of goal setting. Every step, the CEO sends him to see one of his friends 
a lawyer, a priest, a photographer, different people that actually set the stage and builds the psychological process of goal setting up. Great so idea. I loved it. And that's what I did with Gold's book. Uh, and it did pretty well for itself. So I actually wrote a sequel to Gold's book. I very originally called uh, Gold's book two. And uh, <laughs> uh, so so those are books on, on the goal setting process. I'm toying around with the idea of Gold's book three, which is developing a vision and mission for your life based on goal setting. So it, it, it's really a, a bit of a difficult read, but I have good news for you. I turned that into a six-day training course that I'm holding in Costa Rica. So if anybody's interested in understanding provocative leadership, especially from a sales perspective, you're going to have to do it on the Pacific coast of Costa Rica. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't tell you this, but I, I actually live in Costa Rica. That's where I'm talking to you from right now. So uh, right now, as I'm talking to you, I, I, I am looking out. Uh, over about 94 degree weather, blue sky, gorgeous swimming pool, palm trees. I am very happy. Well, that's a tough life there. But when did you decide to actually move down to Costa Rica? But again, this is part of the goal setting process because I was, uh, I set a goal 10 years ago to move down here. So it took me that long to get things in order to where I was actually ready and comfortable to do it. Well, guess what? Here I am. Yeah, that's awesome. It's like you set the goal, you made the plans, you worked things out. Uh, matter of fact, you should write a book about that. Well, actually, you did. <laughs> I'm looking forward to even the goals book three. I want to see maybe they'll make a movie out of it and and have Brad Pitt play you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's unfortunate. During my training session, this happens at almost every single live training that I do. Somebody comes up to me and says, Bill, you know, you resemble somebody. And I'm thinking, all right, here it comes. Who? And they say, Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> <laughs> well, me, I normally get Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, you know, they. they, they <laughs> Bill, do you know what that music means? That means it is the last call. Lightning round. Here is the first question Do you keep any type of morning routine that helps your success? Absolutely, I do. Uh, Chandler, I wake up at 4 a.m. Uh, the first thing I do after... Or? Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> on purpose. I, I, I wake up at 4 a.m. And uh, after brushing my teeth, I come out and uh, I have a, a fairly regimented prayer routine that I go through. Uh, I come from a fairly formalized religion and uh, there's a lot of... Um, uh, well, I, I mean, I'm Roman Catholic, and uh, consequently, uh, the Roman Catholic Church is 2,100 years old. Uh, needless to say, they've developed a few prayers over the years, and uh, I try to say a few of them. Uh, after that, I go through uh, two guided sessions of meditation, each 10 minutes each, and I'm talking about full-fledged meditation. After that, I do about a half an hour of, of reading, reading in business leadership sales books. So sometime by about a quarter after five or so, I have spent an hour to an hour and 10 minutes in personal development. I haven't opened my computer. I haven't looked at the emails. I don't know what's going on. If I want to fix the world, the first thing I have to do is fix me. So every day from four o'clock until about 515, I fix me. After that, I then get on my computer and I start my day. I normally stop that by around 6.15 or so. All I'm trying to do is position a day, 6.15, hop in my car, 45-minute walk on the beach. Then I come back, and now I'm ready to start my day. 
the normally every day is wonderful because I've spent that time developing myself. Well, you mentioned one of your routines is um, reading as well. So do you have like a book other than your own that you recommend to the audience? You know, I, I'm in the process of reading this book now for the third time called The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. And uh, it's an extremely interesting book on personal development. And it's a book about a lawyer who took a heart attack and went to the Himalayas to become uh, some type of a Tibetan monk and then came back and shared his wisdom with the business world. I also like uh, James Allen's book. I, I, I read basically about four or five pages every day, and I've done that for the past three, four years. So I, I just always read it. It's called As a Man Thinketh. I like it. And there's another book that I do the exact same thing with every single morning. It's called The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace Waddles. It's a 110-year-old book, and it really, really is a tremendous book. If you get past the metaphysical side of it, it's a tremendous book on how to become wealthy. Wealth being whatever you think it is, kind of like in the same vein of Think and Grow Rich. All right, now, Bill, I want you to throw one of your favorite quotes at me. Favorite? Oh, absolutely. And this is it. The best way out of a problem is through it. <laughs> Let's not fool around. Let's just get her done. Now, what excites you about the rest of the year? What I am most excited about is rolling out this provocative leadership program. Uh, I think this is going to be a tremendous gift uh, that I, I, I'm looking forward to uh, sharing with uh, anybody that's interested in this six-day experience. And again, like he's mentioned, in Costa Rica. In Costa Rica. <laughs> well, Bill, you have taught our audience about uh, the importance of setting goals and also the, the behavior changes that need to take place. Now, if they want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, yeah, absolutely. Uh, first of all, if you go to my website, uh, intelligentmotivationinc.com, intelligentmotivationinc.com. If anybody would like to uh, do any type of sales coaching, feel free. Uh, I have, um, there's six different types of calls that I have. The sixth one down is a sales coaching call. Feel free and uh, we, could, uh, we could work on whatever you feel is holding you back from being the success in sales that you can. Well, Bill, it has been so great having you on today. We really appreciate you visiting us here in Sales Paradise. No problem. And please, audience, do me a favor. Go sell something. See ya. Cheers. Cheers. 